Hi there. Welcome to the IFM podcast. In the second episode, I will discuss my feedback for week three and week four participation. On week three, I ask you to present pros and cons, one each, for the implementation of floating exchange rate regime for the ringgit during this uncertain period of time. So some of you wrote very well. You provide well-argued position, well-referenced. Kudos to you guys. Some of you tried your luck and present everything and just hoping that one or two points that you provide in your response would hit the objective. Which you were right. I'm being more lenient for this form participation. But if I can, let me challenge you a bit. Nowadays, people are time poor. So the skills to be able to present complex information in short sentences in efficient and effective way, that skill would be highly appreciated. All right. So with that out of the way, I'm going to present to you the pros that I and cons that I find interesting. So what are the pros of implementing floating exchange rate regime for the ringgit? The pros that I find very interesting and I, I find it's very, very relevant is that by implementing floating exchange rate regime, then Malaysia can be immune from the inflation pressure coming from foreign countries. So the idea behind this line of thinking is that inflation differentials would be absorbed by exchange rate movements. So let's just suppose inflation in the US is suddenly higher, the price of goods in the US is higher, and that will create more demand for Malaysian exports and hence higher demand for ringgit and ringgit would appreciate against the US dollar. The inflation pressure coming from the US will not come to Malaysia directly but it would be absorbed by the exchange rate movements. The second pros that I find quite interesting is that with implementation of floating exchange rate that will negate the need to hold for big amount of reserve currencies. Please keep in mind that if a country actually follow the fixed mechanism exchange rate regime, that will require the central bank to do direct intervention in the forex market, and that intervention can be costly, thus the need to have reserve currencies. So some of you made a very well arguments whereby you actually state that with the lack of need to provide reserve currencies is then that money or that resources can be used for better purpose to stimulate the economy all right as for the cons and only a few of you actually get it so the cons of implementing floating exchange rate for the ringgit is that in order to implement this floating exchange rate the country has to fulfill several requirements. So the first requirement is that the inflation rate in that country should be on the low side, the financial market should be developed, and then the economy is sound enough to take care of the exchange rate movements. All right. So with those characteristics, I don't think Malaysia is there yet. And this is a good reason because 
only developed countries or majority of developed countries would have the ability to implement floating exchange rate. And this has something to do with the cost and benefit of implementing such exchange rate regime on whether the economy can handle the exchange rate movements that follow market mechanisms. Meaning that market mechanisms would create changes in exchange rate that will lead to lack of stability. All right. So lack of stability in exchange rate would reduce the incentive to the business with Malaysian companies or to invest in Malaysia. So if you take the whole cons all together, the implementation of floating exchange rate regime for Malaysia at this point of time, that will create more harms than creating goods. Because this business certainty will be very low um, and then Malaysian economy is not that strong to rely on market mechanisms and that will bring you to the conclusion that at this stage it is wise for the ringgit not to follow floating exchange rate regime. Alright, so with that we can carry on and discuss my feedback for week 4. In here I'm going to be more technical because the question asks you does risk-free arbitrage exist? So if you follow my lecture recording, you kind of know the thing that I, I'm, I'm after. So in short, risk-free arbitrage doesn't exist. So you may have risk-free arbitrage on paper, but when you try to implement or execute that trade, that trade is no longer risk-free. So what do I mean by that? So remember, if you want to do arbitrage, then you have to do simultaneous transactions. So you have to do more than one transaction. Let's just suppose you finish one transaction and you're about to do the second transaction, then the quotes may have changed before you can execute your second transaction. And the second reason of this, you know, no risk-free arbitrage is that competition is getting tense. We would have more algorithmic trading nowadays, computers trade against computers. So these arbitrage opportunities may, may be there for momentarily. All right? So that will increase risk of doing this arbitrage. And, and lastly, there will be some liquidity issues. So if you are actually betting this arbitrage for liquid currencies and competition will be very high and it will be very hard for you to execute your trades. But then if you actually do your arbitrage in less liquid currencies or illiquid currencies, then you're exposing yourself to liquidity risk. What do I mean by liquidity risk? So when you do your first leg of transactions, you can do it. And when you want to do the second leg of transactions, then liquidity may evaporate and therefore you cannot settle your arbitrage strategies. Long-term capital management is an example where arbitrage went wrong due to the illiquidity suddenly appear in the market. So a couple of things that I'm concerned with is that some of you use uh, examples from the equity market and suddenly you come up with arguments from Forex market. Just be careful because in the equity market, there's an issue for asset sub substitution. It's very hard to find identical assets, but in Forex market, that is not an issue because US dollars is US dollars all over the world, right? So um, there's no problem to identify identical assets in Forex. So for you, for, you know, some of you have um, arguments that, that actually on both sides of the asset market, um, which I couldn't give you full marks because of lack of consistency. So please keep that in mind.
all right so some of you also actually use arbitrage in a fund so there are a couple of funds that are designed to take care of or to take advantage of uh, mispricing here and there that's not what we are after in this question so please be careful so again try to read the information and try to get the or present the information from your point of view rather than just dumping everything in your responses just be be careful uh, because this arbitrage is quite technical uh, try to use simple terms and yeah try to try to digest the information before you present I mean the idea is very simple as I presented earlier so you can just start with execution risk and you'll be done with it but some of you just throw some extra things that would throw the readers into confusions all right so i hope this feedback is useful and yeah let me know if you want me to discuss some other things in this podcast channel bye bye